0: Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke Armstrong, and I am your host. Joining me is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? It's it's been a while since we've had you on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm glad to be back.
0: Yeah, we. So last week we, me and Garrett, we we talked on the show last week. Sorry, I guess I should introduce you, Garrett. But also joining us is Garrett Neely, Garrett. How are you doing today? I'm
2: doing well. Thanks for the intro, and uh, i happy to be back for another episode.
0: Yeah, totally. Last week, we, we missed Adam because we kind of planned on recording around when the Super Bowl was going on. Garrett didn't re- really care too much, so he was going to have it on the background. Adam uh, was going to watch it, and then we ended up recording after the game ended, so technically Adam could have joined us, but it just did. it would have been a rush to get everything Put together, but I'm glad that all three of us are on the episode this week Mm because it's the first we were talking before we hit record that, uh, you know, we had we skipped a week in there and then it was Garrett and Adam and then it was me and Garrett and then it was me and Adam. So it's great to have all three of us on the show this week. So, uh, welcome everybody to another episode of Games Are Fun. In today's show, we're going to be having a discussion around the state of gaming. So rather than having a news packed episode, um we decided that we'd have a central topic that we kind of wanted to focus on. Also cuz there isn't really a lot of news going on. It's either dated at this point or, you know, it's uh not 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 really anything that I think the three of us care about. So rather than forcing us to talk about things we don't care about, we wanted to come up with a topic. Adam had the great idea to let's let's talk about the state of gaming. So to be more specific, we're going to look at, you know, the video game industry, how it's evolved over the years share our opinions on what we think of, you know, what's currently happening in this industry uh, in terms of, you know, hardware, services, that kind of stuff. And then we're going to kind of transition into talking a little bit about the future and what the future could be for the video game industry and stuff like that. So, you know, we're going to touch on things about what we think are some of the biggest uh leaps that the industry has had over the last couple of years what we think the industry could look like in five years all that kind of stuff so i think it's a a pretty decent topic to have um considering that we're you know this is the year where we're going to be transitioning into a new generation of video game consoles and so Let's let's talk about the, these major big points um, around video games. So that's what the episode looks like. And of course, we'll catch you up on what we've been playing. We'll hear from Adam because he missed last week what he's been playing. And uh, yeah, that's basically what the show looks like for this week. So just a reminder that the podcast is available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever platform you're using. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss when the episodes go live. This episode was a day late. We're recording on Tuesday. It's not up on Tuesday, but it will be up on Wednesday, and that's just so we could get all three of us together. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which I know a lot of you do, please consider leaving a review for the show. Leaving a, a quick review is a great way to help get the show noticed by other people. Uh, more reviews, the more likely it will show up on, you know, the, the charts, but there's so many podcasts out there so it'd be really great to just kind of help us get some some support and, and visibility to for a new audience and stuff like that so if you could do that, that'd be greatly appreciated housekeeping not really much going on for us right now um, I did this silly little video this morning of uh, unboxing for the Yakuza Remastered Collection Day 1 Edition, so I ordered a I pre-ordered the Yakuza Remastered Collection, which included Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 for PlayStation 4. And to be honest, it was a, a little lackluster. It was, I was expecting, I knew what was coming in the the limited edition, I guess. But um, yeah, you can head over and watch that video on YouTube. It's on Facebook. We linked it on Twitter. It's on our Instagram page. So uh, we kind of want to do more little things like that. I know i have talked about that for several weeks now that we want to, do more than just the show. And so this is a a great way to kind of show you guys what we're planning on doing, you know, doing unboxing videos, doing maybe miniature reviews, uh, small YouTube videos, that kind of stuff to just kind of help, you know, bring in more people to the show, but also give you guys a chance to uh, see other things than listening to uh, an hour and a half, two hour long podcast. So if you guys like that kind of stuff, make sure that you leave some feedback, you know, comment on the video, uh, share it. Um the more, the more views and eyes we get on that video, that will probably tell us that it's a good thing to do and we'll continue to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, let us know about that.
1: I would like to say that that was a really well-done unboxing video. <laughs> I would not have thought that was your first one. So um, <laughs> definitely definitely worth watching, uh, listeners. Go check that out. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. It uh, was probably my, like, 12th or 13th take <laughs> that I finally got everything. I <laughs> It's just so funny because you... When you're doing something short like that, with the podcast, we can kind of transition and move on to other topics and stuff. But with a, a short video, like you got to get it, got to get it good. You can't waste any time. So thank you very much. I appreciated that. Um, yeah, a yeah, link for that is in the show notes as well. And then just a general mi- reminder to head over to our Twitter and Facebook to follow us there. That's where we post the show updates. So that's where you guys would know. W- That the show is on Wednesday this week and not Tuesday. Um, And then that's where we post question of the week, which we'll get to later. And just general show information. Still trying to find the time to get the website up. um, But stay tuned for that later on. All right, I guess that's it for the intro. Let's uh, let's move into the topic of the show, which is the state of gaming. So, where I kind of wanted to start off with is... Just looking back at our own personal journeys, I guess, through video games and let's maybe talk about some of the major things that uh, have happened in the industry over the last you know, couple decades or so. Um, I don't know, do you guys, who who wants to start off with talking about some of this stuff? What do we think are some of the biggest jumps in the industry? I mean, I think
2: the biggest jump that I remember as a kid was when... Handhelds started having 3d games on them So when we switched from like the Game Boy Advance to the PSP and the and the right. DS and stuff like that That really kind of blew my mind that we like Mario 64 on the DS that was like I, I could not believe that and now you look where we are with with like the switch a hybrid console That's the you know a, a handheld as well as a console, uh, you know a home console um, I think that that was the one thing as a kid that really was a dream for me like oh if I could just play you know the games I'm playing at home while I'm out on the road or you know at school and during recess or whatever you know um and so that you know that's one thing that stands out to me is just how far handheld gaming has come especially with the Switch essentially being a a home console that you can take on the go.
0: Yeah no I agree it's it was totally one of those things I think all kids dreamt of especially the kids that grew up with having a home console and then a handheld is you know what would be cool is if I could bring my Xbox with me on the go or something like that. And the Switch mm-hmm. did that. But even before that, I would say, like, you know, kids nowadays, they don't really necessarily have handheld gaming devices, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, we all grew up with, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, PSP, that kind of stuff. But nowadays, you know, kids are on other devices like phones and, and tablets. And that's kind of changed the way, I guess, kids get to experience video games. So... It's interesting that the handheld, and maybe we can talk about when we talk about the future of where handhelds are going, but it's the one thing that was so big and now we're seeing it kind of fizzle out in a certain certain way.
1: I would say um, for me, I, I think it's going from, uh, you know, like Super Nintendo Genesis era to like Nintendo 64 and, and getting a game like Mario 64, Pilot w- Wing 64 and, and you know all the things that followed
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. going from you know taking such an iconic character like Mario who's been 2D for the last you know 10 plus years and suddenly he's 3D and you know you have a beautiful game that that controls just superbly. And you know it, it's just you know it's, it's a home run for like the first try. And I think for me, that was like the the biggest leap. Like I, that was just insane.
0: Yeah, no, it's like you look at the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation 1, and you look at those games and how many games are on those consoles, specifically the Nintendo 64, I guess, that we're just, you know, trying to capitalize that 3D, um, 3D video games and, you know, trying to... The you like how many mediocre games are there on those consoles that, or, or trash games, but when we, you know the peop, the perspective on them were that they were great because it was 3D. Why play something like a 2D side scroller when we can travel and move around in this 3D world? And it's funny because that was so big, and what was considered a an amazing video game at one point in time, where now we've transitioned back where. You know we a lot of people want have a, a preference for 2D games and you know maybe retro looking style games, uh, pixel style graphics, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's kind of interesting, like, on in how the industry, like a lot of other mediums, uh, kind of cycle themselves, I guess.
2: Yeah, as far as the 3D thing, you know, I, I was talking about this with someone on Twitter the other day, but I remember the the When we got our N64, we, we rented about five games, and one of those was uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and it was so, like, big and vast and just, like, such a, you know, something that I had never seen before that I literally didn't understand, like, how to play it. I, right. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. It took a couple more years before I saw a friend play it. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this now. Because I was a big Zelda fan. I played the Game Boy games and, and um, the NES game and, and stuff like that. And, yeah, I agree that the leap to 3D was, was definitely a major one. And so much so that it, it warped my little brain. I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. So <laughs> Yeah, totally.
0: I think another major thing that really changed video games is online play. And, you know, it, it had been around on PCs for, for quite a while, but really, I would say that generation of, you know, last gen Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3, um, you know, we saw a bit of it with Xbox Live on the original Xbox, and I know PS2 had online ca- capabilities, but um, what was kind of, I think they perfected it in that generation, and it, it really changed how, we play video games, you know, being able to play with literally anyone around the world um, and also, you know, have have it done in a way that it creates like kind of that ecosystem. Right. We have Xbox Live. We have the PSN. We have these things that we kind of use like our, our social networks like Twitter and we kind of use them to stay connected with each other, um, which is really the coolest part. I mean, that's what really got me into video games. I I always play games, but when I started being able to connect with friends um, over them, you know, without having to go over to their house or have a sleepover and play with them, it was just like, it, it, it totally changed games forever, I think. And
1: then also, kind of to piggyback on, um, you know, what Garrett was saying about handhelds is now with the, the Switch, where we legitimately have console gaming on the go, like that's that's just you know it's so recent, but mm-hmm. it's such a big step forward and and now we're kind of seeing um, it, it's almost like a sort of half step between console gaming and and now cloud gaming like it's it's sort of like you know the vision of cloud gaming, but obviously it's all on the console so it's it's all equipment based. Play your game anywhere, which is which is huge. And then now we're stepping into cloud gaming where you know, you don't have to have dedicated hardware for that and you can just about play on any device once it kind of rolls out to everything and and that's that's really big too um you know for some of the reasons you were saying luke about uh you know playing uh multiplayer games you know when it gets to that point we can play games like apex on our phones or tablets or whatever and um yeah that's just it's it's amazing like how far that <laughs> yeah that's come from playing the the nintendo way back in the day absolutely um so what
0: i wanted to ask both of you guys is what what do you guys so let, let's kind of go back in time to just before the xbox one and the ps4 launched now if you guys and i'm putting you guys both on the spot here but Leading up to those gen- generations, you know, now that we're kind of at the tail end of the generation, and we see all that have happened with with both those hard pieces of hardware, and then also, you know, Nintendo Switch. I don't want to leave Nintendo out, but what were the biggest things that you were h- hoping to see with this generation? And then maybe if you guys want to touch on things that you didn't expect and were surprised by. So, um, Garrett, I, well, let's let's go throw it over to you. What, leading up to Xbox one and ps4. What were your your thoughts of what you were expecting to see from there?
2: Yeah, I think um, This generation was a little bit of a different one than we've seen before because you know when we like, like we were saying We made the jump from 2d to 3d and then from 3d we kind of got you know better refined graphics every generation But this generation we got that but not at the same level I don't think as we have I mean, it's kind of like the law of diminishing returns, you know mm-hmm. Um and I was not expecting that we would get as far as we have this generation. Um, when the when things started out, I mean, I was like, yeah, this definitely looks a lot better than, you know, 360 or PS3. But, you know, it's really just not that much different. Um, but now look where we are with, you know, 4K and HDR and stuff like that. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest step that we've taken so far this generation is, you know, 60 frames, 4K, HDR, Um it took a while to get there and i think that's what was a little bit different about this generation is that it wasn't an immediate apparent change in the way that um the games looked i mean slightly but like i said it took a while t- before we even had you know the mid-cycle refresh of the consoles to uh really add in that extra power to get us there um the one thing that i was kind of interested in that Microsoft had been talking about that we didn't really actually see was the power of the cloud as far as powering our games. So like, I think crackdown three was the one they would always talk about where we're going to use, you know, all this power from the cloud to make the city just the most detailed thing ever and fully destructible and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it kind of ended up coming off as a lot of, um, just corporate speak and, and, um, kind of fluff that we'd never even really got to see much of. So I'm wondering if that's something that they're still going to be trying to do, or if they're just using that cloud power now to, to power stuff like X cloud. So,
0: yeah, there, I think they're probably, I think that's still, you know, in the realm of what they're trying to do, but they're probably pivoting to more focus on just getting the games to the consumers through cloud, cloud services like X cloud and everything like that, or through console streaming. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right going back to your point about the the mid-console refresh. That was something that we hadn't really seen before, right? Like we had seen in previous generations, you know, after that first batch of consoles were out for a while, you know, they would improve them. But generally that meant, you know, expanding hard drive size or changing the looks, the, that idea of making a smaller console to to a slim, right? Both the mm-hmm. Xbox three sixty and PlayStation three had some even going back to the PlayStation two, right? You could have that that original PlayStation two and then you could have the the slim. And so mm-hmm. that was what we kind of knew before, but this was the first time where it's like what's the same console in terms of, you know, the service and the operating system that's on them, but they they support you know things like you like you mentioned 60 frames per second and 4k resolutions and hdr and stuff because i it was a weird time i think for the generation to where it started right because we were already in that high definition era and 4k was something that wasn't quite accessible to everybody but it was on the cusp of just becoming accessible and so Mm -hmm. they found themselves you know probably three years in that well, now this is this is what people want, and if we we, we need to to do this because it's gonna be a while out before we we go again on a new piece of hardware. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. What what about you, Adam? Do you have any thoughts?
1: Yeah. So going into the <laughs> going into the the PlayStation Four and uh, Xbox One era, <clears throat> I was actually kind of more focused on Wii U. And <laughs> that came out just, like, the year before. Right. And like, I've always mm-hmm. been, like, an Nintendo kid. So, um, you know, I was kind of more focused on that. But um, the one thing I really wanted for those those two consoles was uh, Square Enix decided to be very cruel um, somewhere in the the mid-cycle, the PS3. And they made a Final Fantasy VII tech demo. Um, and as soon as I saw that, I'm like... Or maybe it was before the ps3 i guess uh because they wanted to show off the power of it so they made a tech mm-hmm. demo of the opening scene of final fantasy 7 um but it was it was remade for the ps3 hardware gotcha and i remember thinking to myself like oh my god that looks so cool i need to have <laughs> i need to have this i hope they remake it and then square enix obviously came out and they said we're not remaking it this was just a tech demo um, you know, don't expect this game to be remade, and it was just heartbreaking. So I'm like, how can you make that scene and make it look so good, and then say you're not going to make it? And then, of course, fast forward almost ten years. Well, maybe not quite ten years. It was, it was. Uh, when when was that? How, was that five years ago? 2015 that they they had Announce. the uh, they announced. I think Final so. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know off the top right. of
0: my head, but that, yeah. That, it, so it was, it was years early, after the yeah. fact,
1: and, and they finally showed a trailer, and, and it became real, and, you know, it was happening. <laughs> so I was so excited for that, and, you know, it was just kind of like a dream come true. But, yeah, going into the console, like, that's the thing I wanted most, and um, I I... As far as Xbox goes, I I never really bought into the idea of, of the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. I knew right from the start I was going PS Four, like no doubt. Um, and this is you know all while I was I was waiting for all the gems to drop on the the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I knew I was going to go PS Four because I had I had sort of I. I had the 360 and that was my main console. I didn't get a a PS3 until real late in the the cycle, but it had definitely converted me. And then, you know, of course, when Xbox came out and they were trying to do like this, hey, it's an all-in-one thing. It's all about entertainment. They didn't really focus on games. And, you know, PlayStation comes out and they do the thing where they hand the disc to the other person. It's like, (laughs) this is how you share games. And like, it it was just kind of like, okay like mic drop yeah (laughs) playstation's got this in it so they had me pretty much right from the start but it's funny now going into this new generation where i'm kind of torn like yeah i i um you know i I won all these playstation exclusives but you know we don't know what exclusives are going to launch for the ps5 and all the ones that i've really been looking for forward to i can i know i'll be able to play on the ps4 so it's not a big deal and you know Xbox comes out and you know with with Xcloud being a thing and they got Game Pass going and uh you know things like uh you know Fantasy Star Online 2 come in and it's like they kind of they're kind of pulling me back in so well, and and even like Xbox's
0: business standpoint to say that you know for the the first year or whatever they said that you know you're going to be able to play mm-hmm. exclusives on your xbox one or you can get the the beefy xbox series x to play that way as well whereas we don't know this for sure but like what is playstation 5 are they going to focus on the same thing that they've done this generation of just like here's the console we're going to have exclusives for the ps5 and it'll, it's so interesting because they are kind of you know splitting off on how they want to start off this next generation and I don't I gener- I honestly don't know which what's going to work like it, it it could be anyone's game but Xbox yeah like you said all these things that they're adding in there it it's it's almost it's for, certainly I like you asked me 2 years ago I I was like Xbox 1 disappointed me so much in certain regards that I I I I don't really necessarily know how to if I can trust them going into this next generation and then now you know it's a different story right with how they've been able to pivot and and change their what Xbox means and stuff so
2: Yeah, I think they really have done a bang-up job with just the idea of services, you know with like mm-hmm. you said game pass and Xbox live has always been kind of the cutting edge of the console online play and they've you know and improved that over the years um, and the other thing um, this is an Xbox specific de- definitely not um, but the thing that we kind of saw the rise of this generation was the the game as service. So stuff like Destiny, Division, things like that. Um, and I think that's something that kinda of was a big change because people were used to you buy a game, you play the story, and then you go online and you do deathmatch. And right. now we've got these games that live online. They're not necessarily MMOs. You know, you're not you're not playing with hundreds of thousands of people at the same time, but you you're running around in an active world um with, with other people that you'll run into and even stuff like um going back to Microsoft like uh the drivatars in Forza. So I mean that's not even actually a real person but it's taking the data from when you raced and allowing that to be inserted into your friend's game and mm-hmm. you see your friends driving around even though it's not really them it's a computer ai version of them but um yeah i think that's something that that we've come a long way with this generation that i'm excited to kind of
0: see where games like that go absolutely just with that last point that you mentioned it, it kind of brought up something that uh i wanted to talk about and that's uh you know, paid content, uh, DLC content, um, and how that's changed from last generation to this generation. Right? Mm-hmm. We look at last generation, and there was expansions, you know, here and there for some games. A lot of it, those microtransactions, kind of revolved around content as like multiplayer, so maps. And then we, we kind of got into doing things like skins and buying things like that, and. and now we look at it, and you know, loot boxes and microtransactions; those are all part of the this gaming industry right now, and how how we can consume our games, and how they they play such a big role in a lot of those AAA games that are you know streaming on the top streaming games of Twitch nowadays. It's 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 insane that you know we like it's just probably the biggest well not with the biggest but I, 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 I did I would say that it's the one of the major things that's happened in this industry is making making people pay for their continue to pay for the game after they've paid for it or if mm-hmm. you know launching free games and making their money elsewhere with loot boxes and battle passes and stuff like that and I would say that that really ramped up within the the last half of this generation you know with things like fortnite and some of these battle royale games but um, yeah, it's, I remember when those started gaining traction and just thinking, man, that's so ridiculous. I'll, I, will i will never support buying things like that because it just reminded me of mobile games, right? Where you get mm-hmm. a, a free to play game that basically after half an hour, you kind of have to play pay to keep playing. And, and then now like I'm, I, I'll drop money on microtransactions or loot boxes Without really even thinking about it so the, the they're they're quite smart in 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 continuing the to make money in different they're constantly coming up with new ways to make money i guess is the best way to put mm-hmm. that
2: well and it's smart that what they've done is is not the the same strategy as the mobile games where you know, it's basically impossible to play after mm-hmm. a little while. Um, you know, they have made it to where for the most part, we're talking the big free to play games. Yeah, You can play without paying a dime, um, and, and have just as much fun. But you know, a lot of times, you know, you see somebody with that really cool skin or you want to be able to, um, uh, you know, advance the battle pass and get all the stuff mm-hmm. you're missing out on okay. and stuff like that. And so that, yeah, you're right. They've, they've really found a way to entice people to, mm-hmm. to spend little chunks of money at a time. And you know, it's easier for people to do that in the long run anyways than, than dropping $60 all at once. So yeah. um, it's kind of good for the consumer in some senses and good for the developers in some senses. And it's got its cons too, but um, it's you're, you're right. It's a very interesting thing that's come along in, here in the last few years.
0: Now, before I wanted to mention, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about VR. But before we do that, I, I still want to, I have a question for each of you because we were talking about going into this generation and our thoughts and stuff. What is, I don't know if I know, I feel like I, you guys have told me before, but maybe for the listeners, what was your guys' uh, first game that you guys, like what was your process of picking up an Xbox One or PS4? What were the first games that you played? Did you buy it on launch? Did you wait? So I don't know, I guess we'll start with you. What was? So you start. You stuck with PS4. Um, mm-hmm. What was the first game that you played on the PlayStation 4?
1: <laughs> Best game of all time, Knack. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was Knack. Oh, and gosh. there was um, there were a couple couple small games. What was, the, what was it? Gun? Yeah. Which I, for whatever reason, I couldn't wrap my head around how to play that game correctly. So mm-hmm. I didn't really get into that too much. Uh, but then there was an, other, another neat little game that I think it was free. It was called Contrast. And okay. um, uh, it was just kind of like a uh, it was a real short sort of like puzzly platformer where you kind of um, your character sort of enters in and out of light um, to, to kind of move through different areas. Uh, and it was it was neat. It was a neat little concept. I wish it was longer. It was awesome that it was free. Um, but, yeah, the, the main game that I got was Knack and <laughs> uh, I got the, the system mostly for Infamous. I was right. like, I know this is coming out soon. Um, I'm definitely going to get that game day one. So, and, like, I know I want the PlayStation, so I, I got it. And they kind of, they, I mean, they kind of sold me on NAC. They, they presented it as this cool, you know, uh, platformer-type game. And mm-hmm. it's like, look at how many bits are on the screen and <laughs> yeah. uh, whatnot. And, you know, that definitely didn't live up to expectations. Um, yeah. So, so
0: what year did you pick up an Xbox One then?
1: Uh when was that? It was just it was at the tail end of 2018. It was Black Friday. They they had a Black Friday deal on on the 1X uh that came with Fallout 76. Oh. Uh, so I went okay. and I got that. I usually what I do for whenever um between system launches, uh any trade-ins I do, I'd say like GameStop or whatever, I'll just kind of bank that trade value like I don't typically take things in to trade it in Mm -hmm. and then buy something right there i'll bank that trade value until i'm ready to buy a console and then whenever that comes around um i pay very little out of pocket for it that's pretty smart so yeah yeah, so it it was kind of awesome how it worked out so i had a gamestop gift card and then i had a bunch of trade credit plus they had the uh the console as a special and then when you bought it that day you got a 50 dollar GameStop gift card. Um, so wow. in the end, I I paid zero out of pocket, and then I came out because of the gift card. I came out I think twenty or so dollars ahead. Wow! Um, thanks for that gift. Thanks for <laughs> that gift card. So I I I made out pretty good yeah, on that's, that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I started Fallout seventy six. Of course, was a major bust, um, but it was a it was a physical pack in. So I, I was able to take that in and trade that in for additional credit. Um which, mm. you know, started the the process anew and yeah. I now have uh a decent chunk of trade credit for the PS five or oh, the, yeah. the Series X. So whichever one I decide to go with, um, I'll have a nice chunk to to put towards that.
0: That's awesome. I I totally commend you for that. That's very smart. I the the physical collector in me can't I have such a hard time <laughs> letting go of my games even if it's a game that I could care less about I just like I because I, I think I, I associate all my physical games with some like memories right and even if those memories are not about the game but more of like who where I was in the world or who I was with or what I was doing when I obtained this game Mm-hmm. i i see him as that i feel like a lot of like collectors i guess see see their things like that and so that's why i have such a hard time but man yeah that's that's really smart for you to kind of like like you said you're already prepped and ready to go for for next gen so yes yeah.
1: nice. and i will say too that i mean the the selling point on it for me was was literally game pass um my dad had just bought an xbox one s and uh i think it was thanksgiving we all you know me and my brothers and everyone we went back to my parents house so we were we were trying out the new hardware there and he hadn't signed up for game pass because he doesn't play a ton of games like he kind of keeps it around for um like the grandkids and and stuff um but then me and my brothers will go back and we'll we'll play games while we're Mm -hmm. there too but um so i he he got a you know one of those cards for like a month or two free of game pass so i'm like I'm just gonna go ahead and redeem this and try it out. And <laughs> nice. <laughs> we downloaded a couple games. Uh, f- uh, what was it Forza Horizon 4? Was like the main thing that I wanted to try. And oh my gosh, that game blew my mind. Like it's it's, incredible. it's so gorgeous. Like it's mm-hmm. it's sort of a Burnout paradis- Paradise light, um, You know, with some of those classic Forza elements thrown in there. And I'm like, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> So and that was just on the on the 1S. Yeah. Now he did have a 4K TV and it does I think do some some level of upscaling mm-hmm. uh to to 4K the checkerboarding or whatever. Um but then there's that deal for the 1X and I'm like I want to get the most out of this that I can. So, you know, with the the deal that they had and, you know, the trade credit and everything that I had, I'm like I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And and yeah, I I mean, I've been Playing mostly Game Pass games on my Xbox since then.
0: Yeah, I, it, as of late, I would say I see you online mostly on Xbox Live as opposed to on the PlayStation. Like I think it says mm-hmm. on PS4 or PSN or whatever that you were last online like quite a while ago. So yeah, it's, it's funny how you start like not that you're like an Xbox fanboy now or whatever, right. but like just how you start in <laughs> like you said how you're kind of swayed into, um, using. Uh, platform that you weren't even really caring about at the beginning of the generation.
1: Yeah, I mean, PlayStation right now is, is kind of an exclusives machine for me. Right. Um, so like indie games, like I'm playing on Switch whenever I can and uh, multi-platform games, um, a lot of those have been on Xbox, yeah. Really, So. Yeah, for sure.
0: Alright, Garrett, how about, how about you? What was your intro into this generation? Yeah, so
2: I started, I have had the day one edition of the Xbox One um, I I considered switching to the PS4, but most of my friends that I gamed with, um, we were, were gonna stick with Xbox. So I, you know, I was, figured I would do the same. And um, the first couple games I got were Rise, Son of Rome, um, glorified oh, tech demo. I, I forgot but about that game. Yeah. yeah <laughs> wow. It, man, it was fun, uh, for about an hour and a half, yeah. and then it was just the same thing over right. and over again. So, so really so let pretty me ask graphics.
1: This. Um, did you? Garrett, have you ever played Knack?
2: I have not played Knack.
1: I'm curious to know which is the worst (laughs) uh, launch game between those systems, Knack or Rise? That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good call.
0: A lot of people would say, well, it it depends, because, like, Knack has that, it blew up into a meme, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it it kind of is famous for other reasons, I guess, but whereas Rise (laughs) is like... I I didn't hear too much. Like you said, a glorified tech demo looked great, Mm -hmm. but it didn't play great.
2: (laughs) Well, and the thing with rise is also that they just shoehorned in so much of the connect stuff like fire the arrows and stuff like that. And that was the worst part of the game. I mean, that's really what turned me (laughs) off. I don't think I got more than about two hours into it before I was like, I'm not going to beat this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. I just wanted to take a moment to throw my, my brother, Steven under the bus (laughs) because he was, He was all in on Kinect with the 360, and there was the the add-on for it. Mm -hmm. And he was playing Mass Effect, and he was all about issuing, like, the verbal commands to to the squad. (laughs) He was so into it. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. He was trying to hype everyone up on it. And, uh, yeah, I just, I never thought it was that
0: was I was with your brother, Steven. I was totally, like, I... just
1: felt so cringe. I know.
0: Like, (laughs) I don't know what it was. I think it was because it was, it was just like, here's something cool that Xbox has that no, like, you know, <laughs> the Wii, you have to hold something with this. It's like mm-hmm. totally hands-free and it just like, I think like Just Dance or there was the Microsoft one Dance Central mm-hmm. were like the only games on the 360 Connect that is that like ran half decent otherwise it was so stupidly bad
2: (laughs) i actually watched uh recently a like a documentary about the the whole story behind the Kinect, and Mm -hmm. basically they were supposed to put like a a, some more processing power in the actual Mm connect and ended up cutting it out to save money and sell sell a bunch more of them and that's why it ended up being so bad was that you know it was sucking resources from the system to do all of the the work that it was doing you know the sensing and all that and so um yeah that was a disaster i had a roommate i didn't have uh connect on 360 but i had a roommate that did and i literally played it with him for about 15 minutes and i was like all right i'm gonna go back to my room and do my own thing because this is horrible (laughs) but um yeah so i got rise and then the other game that i got what was it oh dead rising three was that the launch title yeah yeah and that one was fun and it was basically just more dead rising but um yeah, I would say really the first big games that I got into hardcore on Xbox One um, were uh, Destiny One, which was a little less than a year after the I uh, know a little yeah. yeah it was like twenty fourteen so yeah the fall it was like so September so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, got really into that and then Titanfall the first Titanfall I played a lot of that online yeah so nice. um, those were kind of the standouts for me in that first you know launch year um, and then f- as far as the PS4 whenever I got that. It's kind of a twofold question here. So I got a PS4 right after Christmas 2016. I had a bunch of credit and some cash, and um, went to went to GameStop, bought a PS4, a couple games, and then played them for like a week, and didn't play them. Played again for you know several months. I don't know. I think I just didn't pick up games that were really speaking to me. And then the uh, the Switch came out, and they were offering this great deal to basically trade in the PS4 for more than what I paid for it. <laughs> so <laughs> nice. I was like, all right, I'm just going to get a Switch and trade this in. And so that's what I did. And that's how I got my Switch. I basically paid like 20 bucks out of pocket for my Switch and, and traded in the awesome. PS4. So, wow. um, But then when Spider-Man came out, that's when I went ahead and purchased mm. another PS4 because that was the game I was really looking forward to for that system. Yeah. And so I think that was about September 2017. I want to say is when that came out, and so that's that's when I got the PS4. Um, but yeah, I pretty much have stuck with Xbox One as as my main machine for this generation. I upgraded to the One X whenever they did the the first round of the Xbox All Access program where you could pay monthly. I'm actually st- still paying on it, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> it's uh, you, you would get two years of Live, two years of Game Pass and then the system, and I pay like thirty five bucks a month, and I'm almost done. I've got a couple more months left on that, but um, it actually worked out really well because when they combined Xbox Live and Game Pass into Ultimate, all my Xbox Live time and all my Game Pass time counted as time for Ultimate. So I basically I'm paid up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate through like. I want to say it's like June, 2023 or something. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think I paid a dollar to make that upgrade. Yeah. So I'm in really good shape as far as that goes. And that's one reason why I'm probably going to be picking up Xbox first. It's just, I'm, right. I'm already paid up You're for the services. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's kind of my story of this generation. Nice. That's, that's, that's cool. I had a similar kind of experience to you, Garrett. Cause I was also in, in, in for xbox um Mm -hmm. i was like i've talked about this on the show before i was on the fence i actually was considering like i don't know if like i really want to you know continue buying consoles and like not that i didn't want to, i was going to drop video games completely but i wasn't really sure if i was like at that point in my life i was just like graduating high school and i wasn't i wasn't sure if that was something i was super really into and I was just going back and forth and back and forth. And, like, I remember I was talking to my mom on the launch day of Xbox One. And I was like, because I didn't pre-order, obviously, because I was still on the fence. And I was thinking, like, I got to get it. So I went on Microsoft's uh, store online and purchased it. And so it's not a day one console. Like, it doesn't have the day one, you know, I don't know. Is it just like... It's, it's on the Is it on the controller or the console? It's on, or yeah, both? it's on the
2: controller. It's oh, got okay. a silver like Chrome D-pad and then it right. says day one 2013. Yeah. And then there was actually a code in the box for an exclusive day one achievement that's zero gamer score. But <laughs> that's the stupidest thing. But that's, <laughs> oh gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the achievement I have pinned on my profile because I'm so cool like <laughs> yeah, that. You yeah,
0: know? yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> um, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, I bought and all the games were sold out except for Dead Rising 3. And so I actually scored by what it sounds like getting one of the better games. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, Rise looks pretty cool. Oh, it's sold, sold out. Let's uh, let's get Dead Rising 3. I was a series I was familiar <laughs> with and loved it. And I think Dead Rising 3 and Madden 25 <laughs> were the two games I had for a long time. I think Titanfall 3 was like the third game I bought. It probably wasn't until... Fall 2014 Uh and then like 2015 where I really ramped up playing video games and I started buying a lot more games. Um but for that first year and a half there I really I'd play occasionally and stuff, but I was also in the process of moving um out from my parents' house and stuff, so I wasn't you know, like you're you got other things going on from video mm-hmm. games and then in that 2015 I started getting back into them a lot And I had multiple regrets for not, you know, going with PlayStation 4 and not uh, buying one earlier, but I eventually got one in 2017, you know, jumped on there with Last of Us was the first game I played, followed by all four Uncharted games and then (laughs) Horizon Zero Dawn. So it's like, man, all these freaking awesome AAA games all at once where I was like, even more disappointed in myself that i didn't choose to to get into that ecosystem earlier but yeah now i'm i'm kind of on the i kind of like fluctuate right like i'm right now i've been playing a lot of xbox but like a month ago i was playing a lot of ps4 and then a month before that i was playing a lot of nintendo switch i kind of just go in waves i don't really i don't flip back and forth too much um i'll usually play one until i got a game for the other console and i'll get consumed into that and and so on and so forth so Mm -hmm. yeah um it's crazy just yeah looking back at this generation on how much it's changed and (laughs) what the games look like from 2013 to 2020 and, and how from a technical perspective they're way different but even just you know the types of games that were out there right video games that are released now have a lot different features than they did in 2013 so now, before we talk about the future, this is kind of going to be a transition anyways, um, what what were your guys' thoughts on the concept of virtual reality going into this generation? And when PlayStation 4 announced PSVR, obviously we had seen Oculus on PC, and um, in the PC ecosystem, VR was gaining traction. But are you? what are your guys' thoughts around VR? Well, Adam, how about you?
1: Um... Going into it, like I, I don't know, I guess I wasn't sure what to think. It was it was one of those things that I, I guess I kind of hoped wouldn't become a thing. Um, just and, and then of course as more things came out, I'm like this. Everything just looks so kind of janky, and I hate seeing the disembodied hands in VR games. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate that. Like it just it ruins a game for me, and. I, I don't know. I get maybe it's an immersion thing. I'm not sure. Even though VR is supposed to be super immersive, but like the yeah, the the, the floating hands doesn't work for me. But um, I'm kind of glad that it never caught on. Like I'm just not super into that. Like I don't want to have to wear things on my head. I don't like the wonky controllers. Like I'm. I just you know I grew up on on classic console hardware, and that's kind of how I want to keep playing my games. So I was kind of glad that it never be came a huge thing um even now like i know we have uh half-life alex coming out but i still don't think vr is going to really take off especially with playstation saying that they're not putting a big focus on it Mm -hmm. uh yet xbox isn't putting a big focus nintendo's not putting it like it's just not a big focus for anybody and so i i I don't think it's going to totally die out i think you know it's still just going to continue to be like a niche thing um i don't think there's going to be a lot of studios that try and chase this because i think half like uh, alex i half-life alex um i think it is going to be successful obviously we see all those um those index units selling out all over the place and people are getting it specifically for that game so i do think it's going to be really successful i just don't think a lot of developers are going to try and chase that success mm-hmm. um because just the name Half Life alone, like that's that's kind of in a league of its own compared exactly. to a lot of these uh, much smaller titles that are coming out on VR. So um, I, I'm content just sticking with my normal console experiences. Um, so so yeah, I mean I, I'm okay with it continuing to develop and get larger as long as there's always options for classic console experiences. How about you, Garrett?
2: Yeah, so I'm kind of the opposite, um, although I don't own a VR uh, headset or anything of that nature. Um, I was hoping that it would become a, a bigger deal, um, but for the fact that I was hoping that the price would come down on this kind of stuff, and that's mm-hmm. really my barrier to entry right now. I don't really have the money to drop on a computer that's, you know, worthy of running stuff like that. Or, uh, even the PS4 kit is still pretty expensive. I think it's 200 or $250, something like that, which is, you know, that's a, that's half of a next gen console at this point. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I think the games that I, you know, I've only actually had one experience playing VR. It was the PSVR. They had it set up as a demo at, at GameStop and I tried it out and it was really fun what I played, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I don't, I think we kind of, I think like like Adam said, you know, it, it kind of came and went and it's going to stick around as far as kind of a niche thing, but I'm not sure if it's going to have the big moment, the big landmark title. I don't know if Half-Life: Alyx can do it. Um I mean like like you said, I think it's going to be really good, but I don't know if it's going to be the thing that's going to like make VR mainstream. I don't know if there's going to be something that does that and that's a shame cuz I I do I do have an interest in it and I, mm-hmm. I would like to get into it, but I the price has got to come down a little bit on, on it before I'm going to be able to jump in.
1: Yeah, I think there's two... I would like to oh, just oh, kind of skip VR and go straight to Star Trek Holodecks. Hey, that's cool too. <laughs> so, just putting that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's too many
0: downsides to the mainstream audience when it comes to VR that um, are are just never going to be fixable. Like you look at... How many people can't play VR because they either get motion sickness or you know they their vision doesn't really work with a VR headset? I mean, you've already, you guys have already mentioned the barrier to entry of the cost. I mean, we're we're at a point where it's getting more. It's it's like look at Oculus um, Quest. Is that what it's called? The the one that's like the standalone, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and although you know, it's still expensive. It's 500 bucks or whatever it is, but that's still cheaper than getting a 12,000 or not 12,000. Well, maybe, but a $1,200 uh, rig and then mm-hmm. having a $500 headset on top of that, right there. Even PSVR getting a slim and getting a PSVR headset, while not the best VR experience, I think it's, it's still not half bad. And I think, I think that they're 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 figuring it out slowly but surely. But I think at this point they understand that they're not. It's not something that's going to change the industry and everyone's going to just run out to buy VR headsets. Um, and it's funny because for how many years, you know, I talked to my dad about video games and I'm like, "What did you think when you were a kid of like what would be the the biggest technological advancement in video games?" and, and you know, he said VR and like virtual reality, being immersed in the game and being there and look at all the movies and TV shows mm. and things in the media that we've had for, for several decades of like, that's what the future looks like. And now that yeah. it's here, it's kind of like, nah, I'm good. I got my controller. <laughs> I am good. Mm-hmm. Just sitting on the couch or I'm totally fine with my 720p, uh, Nintendo switch game or whatever. Right. Like I think they the, the people, the makers who like Oculus and, and PlayStation were like, oh, wow, this is not what we expected. We were wrong on assuming that mainstream audiences would flock to these devices. And now I think they're restructuring in a way that's smart. And I do think that next generation will still have it, but I don't think it will be as big as... Um, it, it will never be big, I agree. Like, it, it will be one of those things that's niche and, you know will have its audience somewhere but um yeah i think next generation will really tell where where vr is going um it'll be interesting to see what playstation does i i I was gonna buy a playstation vr well not 2019 but 2018 and i skipped out and then it went on sale again for like a pretty decent price and it was bundled with it was that big bundle this last mm-hmm. holiday that had like a ton of games included in with it but i'm like you know what it's very possible playstation could have like a vr headset too that is better and so i'm, I'm waiting to kind of see a couple years into playstation 5 what vr looks like before i pull the trigger on joining the, the vr crowd i guess
2: yeah, I think honestly at this point my my plan is to just kind of wait until everyone's moved on to PS5 and then pick up a, a you know a headset for PS4 and a bunch of games when I can get you know three or four games in the headset for like a hundred bucks or something, which I'm sure will happen within mm-hmm. a year or two of the PS5 coming out. So that's kind of how I always do with with systems or accessories that I can't really afford to pick right. up during the generation. Just wait a year or two and, and you know then you can kind of experience all that stuff. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that, and this is something that has been talked about on multiple video game podcasts, but uh, talking about PSN and, or sorry, PlayStation Plus and the mm-hmm. free games, and this month we got, uh, what's it called, Fire... Uh, Firewatch? Firewatch, Fire. uh, I'm blanking on the name for some reason. I know what you're talking about, it's uh, the
2: shooter one, right?
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, I gotta look it up, I'm sorry, I... <laughs> Like firewall,
2: firewall zero. Hour. Yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, that's free. And so, like, if they, like, even if the start of the year, um, they gave your two games and then gave a VR game every month. By the time they may, let's say, they launch uh, a new VR headset next year, if they had that, it's like, oh, here's some backwards compatible games from last generation. Uh, maybe we mix in a couple newer ones at the end of this year. It's like I got. 12 vr games in my library why don't i buy a headset right like mm-hmm. i already have the games i'm saving the cost on what i would would have had to to go out and purchase the game so i i that is would be smart on playstation's move i think is if they gave more incentive to people to to go and find a reason to buy them but mm-hmm. so i guess let's re- we're, what are we at? Like an hour? Yeah, we're at about an, just shy of an hour. Uh, let's let's kind of wrap this topic up by looking at next generation and talking about what we kind of expect for the future of video games. So I'm not talking about like the distant future 30 years from now. I'm mostly talking about the next, you know, five, seven years and what we can expect. So Adam, I'll turn to you first. What is something that you're really hoping for this next generation
1: um, I think really just I, I want to see more. I think new IPs come out. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we've been seeing just you know so many remakes, remasters, ports, um, not just in the gaming industry but in the movie industry as well. Like it just seems like there's such a lack of of new ideas coming out. Everyone just wants to seemingly cash in on old ideas. So I, I think the big thing for me is I just want to see new things. Now there are of course. Um, you know, your your major titles that I want to see keep getting new iterations like your Zeldas and Marios and, you know, Halo and um, you know, big things like that you know, because I, I obviously don't want to see those go away, but I, I think you know, I just want to see more new things um, you know, to kind of go along with those um, inevitable re- remasters mm-hmm. and ports and, uh, you know new numbered you know versions of games things like that um i also want to see a final fantasy 16 at some point <laughs>
0: i think um, i think it's just around the corner personally i
1: think we're we're getting close around the corner for square enix is like 15 years though so <laughs> <I mean. laughs> could be worse i guess <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think i think it, i i i'm just curious to see what the next final fantasy entry is going to be so um I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully that coming out, but I know they have their hands full with that seven remake and it's going to be episodic and we don't right. know how many episodes it's going to be. So uh, 16 may be many, many, many years off um, if ever. So I
0: should say, I think we're right around the corner for some sort of announcement, even if it's just mm-hmm. like a tease or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like final fantasy 16, like just say, say that's happy and keep people, keep people happy. And yeah, maybe, maybe, four or five years from now we actually get to see it or something, (laughs) but I (laughs) don't know.
1: And I wouldn't mind seeing more like slice of life type games, um, like your Stardew Valley and like Animal Crossing and stuff like that. I mean, ideally, you know, uh, hopefully Animal Crossing can keep me kind of in that game forever and ever, but, um, you know, it'd be kind of nice to see more of those because I had such a good time with Stardew Valley and I always have a great time with Animal Crossing and um, so it'd be nice to see games that um you know kind of leave you with with not always having like a purpose where you mm-hmm. just kind of take your time it's a, it's a slow burn it's just you know your your chill out type of game where there's not hundreds of of quests to do and um you know all sorts of tasks and things to complete it's just kind of like you know play however you want play on your own time um so i'd like to see more games like that um but yeah, I'd say those are, those are my kind of big big things for the this generation. Nice.
0: Awesome. How about you, Garrett?
2: Um, I think the thing that I'm most excited about is just to see where this whole cloud gaming thing is going to go. Um, you know, xCloud has started off really well with its beta. Um, I think we've all three used it now. We all three have had a pretty decent experience with it. And I think things can only get better the more time and development they put into it. So... I'd like to see Nintendo and PlayStation adopt something of that nature as well. And and, um, I mean, obviously, Nintendo's got the Switch, so you don't really need it. But um, for whatever the inevitable next uh, Nintendo console is, I'd like to see some sort of option there for that as well. Um, And really just kind of see... see the ability to play games anywhere just continue to, to grow because I think that's like we started off talking about with the handhelds, you know, and the evolution of that. I think that we're coming full circle now with, with being able to to play our console games everywhere. And that's really what's got me most excited.
0: Yeah, I would say this this idea of being anywhere and being able to, to play games through the power of streaming and, and the cloud is that that industry shakeup. I, I genuinely think that it's going to only get better. Um, I think we are going to move to more of a a digital platform where we're going to consume games just like we consume things like T V shows and music and movies right now with streaming services. I think they it took longer to get there for video games because of, you know, the difficulties in terms of it's easy to kind of stream a movie, but streaming a video game Mm -hmm. is a little bit more difficult. And I think now that we're here, they're they're going to continue working on those things and it will just get better.
1: Mm -hmm. It kind of scares me a little bit too, because I've, you know, again, growing up since, you know, having a, a NES, you know, seeing console like physical boxes go away is something that I'm kind of like, dreading (laughs) um just because i love having those Mm -hmm. actual boxes that are like that's that's like your sort of like your your symbol of gaming is like these Mm -hmm. these boxes that you have connected to your tv and everything i will say one thing that would be super cool and i don't know this is just technology in general how cool it would be for consoles to um Sync up to a TV without the need for, and I guess maybe this is kind of like streaming or cloud cloud stuff, but being able to connect your your console to your TV without going like hooking up all these wires right. and, and things to it, so kind of mm-hmm. having just like a uh, a cordless um, kind of setup for everything would would be really neat. Yeah,
2: I guess I should be clear. I I do not want consoles to go away by any means. I definitely. I'm fond of having a big black box under my TV. So, um, I mean, I, you guys have seen my setup. I've got like 14 consoles hooked up <laughs> at the same time. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm excited for the future where I can make the choice of how I'm going to play. If I'm going to be out of, out of town, I don't have to lug the box with me, but if I'm, you know, at home, I'm just playing with my, with my dedicated unit. So.
1: Yeah, like having like, you know, kind of like a hybrid setup when you you think of the Switch as like a, uh, <clears throat> you know, a hybrid device, portable mm-hmm. and, and console with the dock. But, you know, just, and, and, you know, Xbox is definitely going there with the ability to stream games from the console. Um, you know, that's kind of kind of working its way into, into that fantasy. So mm-hmm. I like the direction that they're headed. I am very interested to see how that works out. And I do hope, you know, that there is like actual, uh, consoles to go along with those cloud and streaming experiences. For sure. Yeah,
0: you know, it's really hard to say. I, I, I personally am with you guys. I don't, I don't know. I, I think consoles will be around, but I, I think we're getting closer and closer to them going away. Especially yeah. like, like when is the point? When is it? Like, it's going to be probably in this next generation that you're going to have a smart TV and there'll be an Xbox Live app and a Mm. PlayStation Network app and our Google Stadia app where you, it's just like Netflix and Hulu and, um, you know, Prime Video and stuff where you can access this content through applications on tons of different devices, phones, laptops, you know. um, Maybe we see those rumors of Xbox Live and X xCloud and that stuff like on Nintendo switch or, you know, like just all of these different pieces of hardware. Um, I don't necessarily want that to happen either, but I, I think it, it, it's, it, it really depends on, you know, the audience base, right? Like you look at physical media, like blue, like for you guys, I don't, I don't know your guys in your take on this, but when was the last time either of you bought a blu-ray disc? Oh man, it's been
1: years. Well, no, that's a lie. Um, (laughs) We've bought the only Blu-ray movies we've bought in the last couple years are all Christmas movies. Right. Okay. So, so that's like literally the the (laughs) case there. Yeah.
0: And what about you, Garrett?
2: Yeah, well I got P- uh, Detective Pikachu for Christmas, but that's the last oh, nice. one I've had in a while. Yeah. Um but what a good movie. I am actually look, yeah, great movie. I'm actually looking to maybe start a 4K Blu-ray collection because I am the kind of guy that wants the, you know, the best fidelity yep. and all that and um we'll see. I don't know mm-hmm. that they're they're very expensive, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, they are. But there. yeah, to your to your point, Luke, I I agree. I think we are getting close to going with, you know, console lists future in gaming you know maybe after this next generation so i mean when you think about it too like if like like these companies if they don't have to go through the the pain and and the payment of manufacturing these boxes only to sell them you know to to break even selling them or at a loss like if they Mm -hmm. can get away with not doing that anymore especially if people have all these different means of of accessing those games like of course they're going to not build the boxes if they don't have to well
0: and especially because like they they don't make money off of hardware right it's right it's the games and the services that they provide Yeah. yeah so yeah it's uh it'll be interesting i think xbox based on how they're setting up for this next generation could be the brand that maybe gets gets to those things quicker than sony but um I don't think Sony will have a choice. Like, if they wanted to stay the way things are, I don't, I don't think they can. Right? With how how quickly in the last, like, I, it's crazy. Like, I remember listening to Kind of Funny, like Games Daily a, a couple of years ago, and Greg was talking about, you know, the intro to, it was before the Project Stream or whatever Google had, right before mm-hmm. Stadia was even announced, and and people were talking about these things, and now look where we're at, where xCloud and, and Stadia I know is not great but like just in that short amount of time how how much we've done like what is the next five years going to look like so mm-hmm. interesting stuff um yeah uh one of the things that I want to do um I want to focus on some of the games of this generation and we'll probably leave that to sometime later this year where we can look back and talk about these generations more in depth um i think it would be fun to do like a specific a nintendo a microsoft and a sony episode um mm-hmm. where we let's look at nintendo and talk about the wii u and talk about the switch and whatever else has happened uh this for the remainder of this year and and so on and so forth with the other brands i think that'd be kind of cool it sounds like a great idea yeah all right let's uh let's move into how are we doing for time guys are you you guys good i'm yeah, good. good okay um, let's move into what we've been playing and I'm going to shoot this over to Adam first cause it's been a, been a couple of weeks since we've heard from him. So Adam, what have you been playing?
1: Oh my gosh. I have such a list for you guys. <laughs> um, first I'd like to start because I'm, I'm very sad that I missed your discussion last week about underrated games. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to talk about a few here. Um, uh, so on Vita, there was uh soul sacrifice which was a sort of monster hunter type, very macabre, um, sort of dark monster hunter type game uh, that focused a lot on uh, self-sacrifice to uh, complete your attacks and things like that. But your your main objective was to hunt large monsters and things. I would love to see a sequel or a port or something. This was in such a fun game to play. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. Um, then there was the... Uh, a very a, kind of like a 2d Zelda like game from from software uh, 3d dot game heroes uh, which was on the ps3 Super fun game uh, of course it has the difficulty that you would expect from from software and uh, that was that was just so neat like it was just a very cool classic Zelda game uh, with some some neat little twists that they added in there and the the kind of voxel style, art that they did on that was really cool um this might be more popular than i'm i give it credit for but nino cooney wrath of the white witch which might be uh the best pokemon game ever to be made <laughs> um that was it was so good i, I loved it nice. and then um lastly i have xenoblade chronicles x for the wii u a game mm-hmm. that i really hope you know we talk about all these ports and stuff and they just they're they're now porting the first xenoblade chronicles game and that game has seen enough ports like give me give me chronicles x again cuz i i would love to play through that one more time um that was just it was so good but yeah those yeah, are just one the,
2: I've, I've got that one on the Wii U and i've literally never touched it so i really really need to get to that but i'm i'm oh like you gosh. i'm holding out hope for a port cuz i would love yeah. to just have it on the switch and not have to start over so
1: it was it was so good and there are some some i would love to see in a port a few quality of life changes that they can make into that game because there are mm-hmm. some some things about it that you know for the most part it was it was awesome i loved i mean just about every minute that i played of it but there were some things later on in the game that kind of irked me a little bit um but i mean all in all like i would love to see that game come back i hate i hate that the you know that there's Still, titles out there that are landlocked on the Switch, although it's getting fewer. I mean, now you know, Tokyo Mirage Sessions just got ported, so uh, there's hope like, there's you know, most of the major games that have come out have been ported to the Switch, so it's just a matter of time, I guess. Yeah, 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 that's on its way real soon. Mm -hmm. Um So for games that I played this week, um, I have a bunch, so I I don't know if you maybe want me to just do one, and then we can can kind of rotate through, just so I'm not talking forever.
0: Uh, Sure, let's do that.
1: All right, Uh, so the first one I want to bring up is uh, 1980X, uh, which I played on Switch. I totally forgot this game came out, but I remember seeing it uh, maybe at like an E3 or maybe a Kind of Funny Games showcase. I'm not sure where it was, but... um, I, I didn't realize that this was out on Steam last year, but it just came to the Switch, and uh, this was a really great game. It's super short, um, way shorter than I thought it was gonna be, but it's kind of like this—it's it, absolutely beautiful game, like retro art style. It's uh, you know coming of age story or this uh, teenager in the '80s uh, trying to find a purpose and you know discovers their their passion at a uh at an arcade and and the games that are playable at the arcade and um you know there's these cutscenes between these games like you're basically getting bite-sized arcade games like it starts you off in like a uh streets of rage type game you just you play through like you know what would be the equivalent of like a single stage and then it, it moves you into some of the story and then you have like a uh like a racer type game and then there's a uh uh Oh, gosh, what's the, the name? of it? Like a Gradius-style game that's okay. in there. There's a dungeon crawler. There's a uh, like a auto-scrolling ninja shinobi-ish type thing. And all the games, are they're a lot of fun. They're so much fun. They make you want more. So it is kind of a shame that they're such small, like, bite-sized things. But at the same time, I like the pace that it keeps kind of moving you between these different experiences. I, I do kind of wish that, again, that there was more or maybe an option to go back and just play any one of these at any time like maybe after you beat the game um it they didn't wrap up the story on it so I think it is going to be sort of episodic so I am very much looking forward to another one um the story was kind of it was kind of bland uh coming of age you know story like I said and uh angsty teenager um who's just trying to to find their place i guess and they're they're it's a little over dramatic i feel like but i mean it, it plays into you know that sort of 80s vibe and um you know it it, it kind of works but maybe not as well as i i hoped it not as cohesive as i would have liked it to be and very little of the story gets explained. There's some some character introductions and stuff, but they don't expand on literally any of those characters. So, hmm. you know, maybe that's all planned for, for future titles. But uh, overall, I, I really liked it. I think it's it's definitely worth playing.
0: Yeah, the game, I checked it out um, when you said, I think you said in our group chat that you're playing it. And yeah. uh, I heard the guys on GameScoop talking about it. And it looks really... Really unique.
1: Yeah, they, they kind of, I don't want to say painted it in a bad light, but I, I do agree with a lot of their criticisms that they made of the yeah. game. Um, in my opinion, no, it's it's totally still worth playing if you like, um, if you like arcade games and, nice. and that sort of thing. Awesome.
0: All right. Uh, yeah, I guess we I'll do it. Uh, we'll just go around the table here. So, Garrett. Sure. Yeah, I've really
2: only got two this week that I've been really into, so... Uh, the first one's the one I've talked about before that's Forza Horizon 4 um, I started watching I've uh, some of the Fast and the Furious movies yeah <laughs> this past week i would only seen the first two and so I've seen a few more of them now and I was just like man I really want to do some racing uh, so I, I booted that back up I actually deleted my save file and started from the beginning just because I wanted to kind of experience from from no money no cars and just start over so did a little bit of that and um Another thing that kind of got me inspired to do that was a streamer that I that I watch. His name's Jason Heine, and he actually recently built a full simulation racing rig. So he's got like a thirty-two inch monitor bolted onto a seat that's got a steering wheel and an H shifter, and like the whole setup. And man, I've just been watching him play some games on that. He's been playing. Uh, the Crew 2, he's been playing on there. He's been playing uh, this game called American Truck Simulator, which is exactly what it sounds like. You're driving a big <laughs> rig over the over the course of the U.S. And uh, So I was like, man, I just really want to play some racing games and watch some racing movies. And so that's kind of what I got into in the early part of last week. And then uh, I'll save my other game for, for here in a little bit.
0: Sure. For myself, uh, I guess I could start with... So last week I mentioned... I bought Kentucky Route Zero. I will say I'm still trying to play through that, but I took a little break from it. It's very text heavy and um, wasn't really in the mood for that right now. I like what I played so far, but I'm going to come back to that one at some point. Uh, yeah, started Yakuza 3 today and uh, it <laughs> nice. is a remaster of the PlayStation 3 version. So unlike Yakuza 1 or Yakuza Kiwami 1 and uh, 2, Those were remakes of the PlayStation 2 games, right? Because obviously you couldn't really remaster those games. You could, but it wouldn't be great. They decided to take those games, remake them um, by including stuff in from Yakuza 0, which was a prequel that was made later, and do it in the Dragon Engine, which was what Yakuza 6 was made in. And so right off the bat, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going back a step uh, in terms of graphics here. And, uh, just how, uh, Kiru kind of moves around the world is a little more stiff. Um, but yeah, they, great intro to the game. Very excited to see where the series goes from here. I was telling Meg that, uh, she needs to, she always laughs when I play Yakuza because it's very silly. It's very serious because it's about, you know, mobsters and, and lots of hardcore stuff and then it's very japanese and very silly and whimsical on <laughs> in in contrast but I told her I'm like uh, just prepare cuz I got this game I got 4 I got 5 <laughs> and then I can finally play 6 and then I'm going to play judgment which is in the yakuza universe um mm. spin-off game and then yakuza 7's coming out some point this year so I'm like yeah, you, you think that it's going to be over after these three, but actually there's going to be three more, so. Nice. So what was your next game, Adam?
1: Uh, so the next one for me is is CrossCode. <clears throat> uh, this is a game that I started up uh, last summer, and I only played a little bit of it, and then I, I dropped off of it, um, mostly because it's on Steam, and I don't play on my, my computer a ton, but... Uh, lately I have been playing a little bit more and I saw this, I saw it in my library and I'm like, I should go back into that. And, and I'm glad I did because I'm actually, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Not to say that I wasn't before, but, um, I think it's just a really neat game and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of like a, I want to almost say like, it's a sci-fi action RPG. So it's, it takes place in like a. Like a virtual reality game, think kind of like a Sword Art Online if you're familiar with the anime, um, where um, you know people log into the game and uh, you know they're they're all NPCs of course. Like this isn't this isn't an actual MMORPG, but it's it's made to feel that way. You know you, the the characters that come into the game are you know they they have lives outside of this game, but the character that you play is is kind of a unique case you're you're sort of stuck in the game and you don't have an outside life like it's just kind of when when you're not quote-unquote logged in like you're just kind of in in like a dream state um and your character has like an amnesia thing going on and they can't talk their uh voice modulator they call is is uh broken so i think from the perspective of the characters when they log in they're seeing it as though like They're physically in the game, Um, you know, like like they embody their avatars and they see it in, you know, 3D fully immersive world. Whereas uh, your vision of the game is like a top down sort of action RPG style, kind of like a uh, I don't know, you kind of see the the world kind of like a Zelda game. Like you transition between screens and, um, you know, you level up and you have, uh, you know, you try and get loot, upgrade your equipment, you gather materials so that you can. Uh, trade for better equipment you go through dungeons and um, the music's all very good the uh, the world so far has been a lot of fun it's it's very puzzly too there's a lot of puzzle mechanics in the game which is neat Um, because they have a a wide range like some some uh, rooms you go into like it's it's not a difficult puzzle at all you can solve it real quick Uh, other ones like have really made me think i was at the other night i was playing it and i said out loud to my wife i'm like i'm like this game is hurting my brain right now (laughs) and then once i finished the the puzzle and i got it right i'm i'm like oh like i feel smart now (laughs) um because i really like I, i really do my best to to i don't think i've had to look up any solutions to any of the puzzles or anything but i could see in some cases where someone might have to because some of them are a little on the tricky side and I'm not even that far into the game. So it could, you know, some of them might get like super tricky later on, but um, I am enjoying it. I I do like the, you know, the experience and leveling up mechanics, the the sort of classic JRPG elements that they do throw in there and the very uh, MMO feel to it feels really good and kind of like a sci-fi nature. It's almost like, uh, like a fantasy star online sort of feel, but in like a more 2d perspective. So, um, so yeah, that's been that's been fun. Awesome. It
2: reminds me a lot of um dot hack. Have you have you heard yeah, of that game? Yeah, yeah. Yep,
1: it's a lot like that. Cool.
0: The art style looks really beautiful. Just like taking a quick yeah, search of it. Very yeah. nice, like pixel. Yeah, I was looking at it art. as well. Yeah.
2: Looks really
1: cool. All
0: right, what's your second game, Garrett?
2: All right, my second one is Apex Legends. I am back in baby. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So I was sitting there playing Forza one day. And I get a message from our good buddy Luke here. He says, hey, I'm about to hop on some Apex if you want to get on. I'm like, eh, I'm having fun with Forza. Let me do one more race, and then I'll get on. And then I couldn't find a race that sounded any fun, so I was like, all right, let's do it. And I, I switched over to Apex, and since that moment, that is all I've played. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm back in. I'm ready to, ready to do this. I've gotten a couple wins. I've been playing as the new character Revenant a little bit. Um, and I've found my new main character, which is Caustic. I've been setting up those those gas traps and just ruining people's day with that stuff. So, um, season four is really cool. Um, the map uh, is is. The same map from last season, which I only played a few times, but um, they've done some destruction to it. They've put a big uh, crack in the ground that's got some some lava in there, where if you actually fall in there, it does damage you, but it, it shoots you back up into the sky, and you can kind of go you know fly back down and, and relocate to a new area, so a little bit of a dynamic element there. Um, they've, they've introduced a couple new things, like this big harvester that's a... Uh, uh, harvesting some sort of, um, minerals from the earth or some, something of that nature. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but, uh, just looks like they've transformed the map quite a bit from, from last season. And I've just been having a really good time. Just, uh, I bought the battle pass, been in there trying to grind away at that and and unlock some new skins and stuff like that. So, um, really nothing's changed too much. It's still the same game that I remember it being, but, uh, it's hooked me again. So, that's kind of what I'm what I'm playing until Animal Crossing comes out at this point.
0: That's awesome, yeah. Uh, for myself, I'm yeah. Obviously, that's what my next game is is Apex, and I jumped into it because, yeah, just because it was like a new season, and I hadn't played the previous season. I think I played a bit of season one. I didn't play season two, and I didn't play season mm-hmm. three. Um, but I. I don't know there's a lot of hype around this season from fans of the the game and i was like you know what let's revisit it and it yeah it just felt like it was yesterday that uh i was playing that game i i probably put close to 35 40 hours into it when it first launched and then start playing again and yeah it just got sucked in right away just like you did garrett and i uh <laughs> went to work the next day after playing a bunch <laughs> with garrett and It's like, man, I just want to get home and play more Apex. (laughs) And uh, I mean, even today, I started Yakuza up, played like a solid hour-ish, maybe short of that, and I'm like, all right, I'll get back to this in a little bit. I'm going back to Apex, and (laughs) yeah, it's just just been really fun. I hope to continue playing it um, some more. I've been so close to getting a couple wins. Um, A couple of those circumstances were just based on the fact that I was kind of caught uh, on the bottom of a cliffside where the enemies were up top. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I can't get anywhere because if I go outside the ring, it's too far. I'll die. Um, so I just kind of got to try and shoot them from where I'm at. And so I've been unlucky with some of those circumstances. But um, yeah, now that I've kind of shaken off the rust, I think I'm, you know, having some more success and getting kills and that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm really interested in saving up some uh, in-game currency to purchase some of those other legends because uh, I yeah even uh, what's the one from season one that's like a journal and junkie guy uh, octane octane yeah so like I haven't even unlocked him yet um and same with the season two season three and mm-hmm. you know the new one here so the plan is to kind of get to a point where I can do that and then yeah maybe taper off to play some of the other games that are in my backlog that i really need to finish up like i gotta beat yakuza games before march 20th or they'll probably sit on my shelf for a long time so <laughs> um i'm just looking at the time so before we get like you got one more game um that's what I i'm have... giving you adam <laughs> because i what i you can you only get one more game to talk about and then we got to move on to oh, geez. to end off the show so pick pick wisely you'll have to save the rest for next week
1: <laughs> okay um so gosh you put me on the spot okay Sorry. um so i guess i i gotta go with the fantasy uh, star online 2 beta that came out mm. i played a just a boatload of that when it came out. Because there was a very limited window. Right. And Friday it was completely unplayable. They had a bunch of server issues. Um, so I basically had to cram in as much as I could on Saturday, which I essentially played literally all day. I told my wife, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna be useless to you. I am playing this this beta. <laughs> Cause I'm a huge I love the first one. I actually never played the first one online, but um me and and Steven and friends, like we would play uh, the gamecube version we would play it offline mm. and we had so much fun with that and it was so good and i i you know this one never came west and i was always so bummed about it and then finally they announced it at e3 last year and hype levels were off the charts. so i'm like i am playing the shit out of this beta and and i totally did <laughs> and it was so much fun i mean it was basically it was more fantasy stars so i mean if you liked fantasy star one it is more of that than it is say fantasy star universe, um, which, which came out maybe 10, 10 or so years ago, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit more, but yeah, it's more, more close to the original fantasy star and, and it's just a ton of fun. I love the, just the gameplay loop in these games. Like you just, you know, you go out, um, you know, you, you kill things, you kill bosses, monsters, um, you know, you go back to the space station and you uh, upgrade your gear. You um, appraise different, you know, uh, items uh, to that become stronger weapons and everything. And then, of course, you get into uh, the higher level missions. And then you can do hard missions of, of older quests. And and there's just so much going on. Like it's 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 such a simple loop, but at the same time, uh. It can be kind of complex, too, with, like, the, the loot system and, and getting new gear and everything. And you can change job classes on the fly in this game, which is something you couldn't do previously. And uh, and and there's so many to choose from. There's They're all really great. It's all fun. Um, yeah. So I'm just – I'm super excited. Like, this game is going to consume me when it comes out. So <laughs> I'm just hoping it's not too close to Final Fantasy because right. that will be a very tough decision. But – yeah, I just uh, that couldn't have been a more fun uh, weekend for me last weekend playing that beta.
0: That's awesome. And like, for, in terms of a beta, like, how much uh, technical bugs or glitches did you experience?
1: It after after Friday, that was probably the worst. Like them just trying to figure out the server situation. Once I was in the game on Saturday, it really wasn't that bad. Um, there was a couple. A couple frame dips and stutters when I was back at the, uh, like the the main hub area. But I mean, you know, there was hundreds of people that occupy that space. So, um, but one of the neat things they did too, is they had a, um, they had like a sort of concert event where they had uh, like an in-game, like pop star celebrity came to do like a live concert at a very specific oh, cool. time in the game. So it's like, if you weren't in the space station during that time, like you would miss it. Like it's not something you could just go back and watch. So Mm -hmm. it was basically like this, um, you know, in-game character uh, that sang a couple songs. It was very anime. So I I wasn't super into it, but I thought it was cool that they had these very specific tight windows for, um, you know, for like online events that everybody kind of congregated into this one area. You could see, you know, everyone's avatars and people are jumping up and down in front of the stage, like getting all, all wild and stuff. So it was, it was cool. Like it was, it was real interesting to see that. Like, even if, um, you know, I kind of hope they, they expand it beyond that, but um, oh, also the, there were m- sort of monitors in the game that you could see like sort of big screens that I don't know what kind of information they'll display when the game is, is fully launched, but uh, they were actually playing the trailer for the Sonic movie, um on these screens oh, really? in the the huh. hub in the space station yeah so it was kind of funny like seeing that it was just kind of jarring seeing that trailer like it, it was it was a no sound like it wasn't playing the sound from the trailer but like just as you run around you see these big screens and kind of like a jumbotron thing and it's playing uh the demo because i mean of course it's you know fantasy star is a, a sega game and i think sonic team uh works on it so hmm Kind of makes, makes sense that the trailer would be there. But, right. uh, yeah, it was just kind of funny to see that.
0: That's awesome. Well, sounds like it's uh, had a pretty success. I saw lots of buzz on uh, Twitter of different mm-hmm. people playing in it and experiencing it. So yeah. hopefully uh, we're not too far out from its release. And like you said, hopefully it's not around uh, a game like Final Fantasy 7 or nope. Cyberpunk or something like that. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna wrap up the show with uh, question of the week. But before we get to that, at uh, the solo gamer three on Twitter actually wanted to ask us a question. Uh, if you guys ever have questions for us, feel free to shoot us, uh, you know, a DM on Twitter or even just you know hit us up on Twitter or email us contact at gamesarefunpodcast um, And yeah, hit a, hit us up if you ever have a question, and we can always answer it on the show. So. At the Solo Gamer 3 asks us, one of the funniest release dates is March 20th because we got Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal both coming out on the same day. Are you planning on picking up both? And what order would you play them in? I feel like Animal Crossing would be a good downer after slaughtering hordes of Hellspawn. So, with you guys, Adam, are you getting. I, I kind of know, but for those who don't <laughs> know, is it Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal, or both?
1: Uh it's it's 100% Animal Crossing. Um I think Doom Eternal looks really great and it's been getting a lot of good feedback from those that did have hands on with it, but um and I really like Doom 2016, but I never finished it and so I think I'm just I'm going to stick with Animal Crossing to to start and then maybe get Doom later on uh, if that's in the cards, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm way too hyped for Animal Crossing. I just I'm not gonna have time to, to slay the Hellspawn. But there have been some really <laughs> funny names out there. Like there was one that I saw Isabel was writing on uh the back of the uh the, the Doom guy as he was slaughtering hellspawn. So <laughs> that's awesome. That was yeah, that was kinda cool. How about you, Garrett?
2: Yeah, it's Animal Crossing for yeah. me as well. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna go into the story now, but I've got a got a history with Animal Crossing and it's one of the games I always look forward to the most. So I will be dedicating my time to that when it comes out.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you guys. It's, it's got to be Animal Crossing. Um, this is the first big Animal Crossing we've had in such a long time. I The last Animal Crossing I, game I played was on GameCube. I know that there was others since then, <laughs> but um, never played them. So to me, yeah. this is like revisiting a franchise that I haven't seen in a really long time. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I've talked about it on the show, Doom... 2016 is my one of my favorite first person shooters of all time it's an incredible game really like it doom Eternal looks like it's even better i'm really excited but the difference is i have some money saved up and would i rather spend it on a game that's never going to get a price drop or at least it might get a price drop of 20 dollars on black Mm -hmm. friday or something like that where it's doom by the time you know summer hits it's probably going to be down to like 40 50 bucks i'm talking canadian of course but um (laughs) yeah so it just makes sense i'm too excited plus i'm gonna try to get meg on animal crossing because she was such a big fan of stardew so after i after i've got some hands on time with it because i don't want her to take over my switch again (laughs) (laughs) all right so question of the week last week we asked you guys what was a console or handheld that you wish you owned, but you missed out on. So we got some responses on Twitter. So the first one is from Danny Um at Mad Hatter1138 underscore. And he says, I wanted the Sega Game Gear. And then we got Zach Johnson uh at W Z J You guys say Z, don't you? W <laughs> Z A J O H N, uh on Twitter. He says the Panasonic 3DO. It was just so cool. And then uh your brother Stephen, Stephen Beagle, at Kings dot on Twitter. <laughs> and he says, well, I pretty much own them all at some point, except for the Dreamcast. That system eluded me. I've heard that it had some decent games. All really good answers. Um, I like all of those answers. Uh, all three of them, consoles I never have ever played. I don't even think I've really actually been in... had the opportunity to play them, like um, had, had a friend or something that owned any of those. So how about you guys? Uh, Garrett, we'll start with you. What was, what was your answer? Well, as far as handhelds,
2: one that always looked really cool to me was the Neo Geo pocket color. And I if anyone's it. ever heard of that, I, have. I mean, mm-hmm. power to you. Um, I actually, so, Uh, Quick story, Uh, there was a store in the mall that I would go to when I was a young teenager, you know, 13, 14 years old, and um, my cousin and I would go in there and check stuff out all the time, and they had one used for sale, and uh, he actually bought it one time, and we went and sat in the, you know, the food court and played it for like 20 minutes, and he's like, Uh, this isn't as good as my Game Boy Advance. I'm going to return it. And I'm like, no, dude, that thing's cool. It's got like fighting games and all sorts of stuff on it. But he returned it, and I only got to play it for the few minutes that he had it. So that was one that kind of always eluded me. Uh, As far as consoles go, um, honestly, I'm going to say the PlayStation 1 because I've I've had a PS2, a PS3, PS4, but I never really have gone back and played any of the PS1 games, and I really didn't play much of it when it was out either. So that would probably be my answer.
1: Nice. How about you, Adam? So first off, I'm I'm curious. Did you say at Lordly K- King's S. dot on purpose? I well, to troll I or I
0: I did say it on on purpose. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna I wanted to like come up with something clever of like saying like Lord L. Y. King <laughs> Stott or something just to bug yeah. him, but because it's got to be an ongoing joke at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's funny. I I do want to start off by saying I had a Sega Game Gear, uh, Danny, and and you didn't miss much. That thing (laughs) took like it was. I think it was six AA batteries at a time, Mm -hmm. and it ate them up so quick. Um, And the screen
2: was really bad too.
1: I actually didn't. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. I I didn't hate the screen and stuff, but it just uh, basically for me to actually sit down and have a good game session on the Game Gear, I had to have it plugged in. So I mean it was, it was barely a handheld for me at that point because I couldn't (laughs) really take it portably at all. But, um, but for me, yeah, kind of, kind of what Steven said. I mean, I, we had most of the consoles growing up, uh, you know, Nintendo, Sega, Playstations. uh, But the Dreamcast was one of those ones that we never got and was, you know, one of those things that was kind of ahead of its time and uh, we didn't get a chance to, to try it out whenever it was, was around. So yeah, kind of a bummer that, that, you know, I never got a chance to, mm. to really play one.
0: Nice. For myself, it's hard because like being a collector, I've, I've kind of bought a lot of old retro consoles that I never owned growing up. So now I've kind of gotten to experience them in some regard. So I don't really have like a definitive answer. Um, the one console that I still have never owned is PlayStation 3. Uh, mm. I really wanted one because I would say about, Uh, like half and half maybe three quarters had playstation 3 the other had xbox 360 so it would i think i just wanted one not necessarily for the games or anything but just so that i could play call of duty or whatever with my friends on that platform um but i would have to say like looking back the gamecube was one for a long time that i really really wanted um i think my younger sister eventually got one um, so that was really cool, but I didn't really get to experience many of the games, but I just remember growing up, like having friends and, you know, going over and playing double dash and playing, uh, smash brothers, melee and, uh, super Mario sunshine, Luigi's mansion. Like it just, I, I missed having those Nintendo first party games. Um, you know, wind waker, twilight Princess, like franchises that I kind of, really enjoyed on the Nintendo 64 but then moving to the PlayStation 2 I kind of had to trade the those exclusives for a different kind of gaming experience so yeah I I uh I would say the Wii U to some degree of just like the fact that there were so many games that are stuck on there you know what I mean like it would be cool to have owned that so that I could have played Wind Waker HD remastered Twilight Princess remastered and some Mm -hmm. of the other games but there's only a handful of them. So it's like, that's a kind of a crappy answer.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they're kind of rare. So they're not actually dropping in price that much yeah, because there was yeah. only 13, 14 million of them made. Exactly. So I mean, pe- people that want them
0: now are willing to pay for it. Exactly. All right. Uh, that was, thank you guys so much, Danny, Zach, and Stephen for responding to this week's question. Uh, next week's question is going to be. What or who is your favorite NPC character? So, what I want to know is who the NPC character is, what game they're from, and why you like them. Is, is those three things that I'm looking for? Don't just give me a one-word answer of somebody that like I don't know who that is. You need to need a little more context than that. So, who's your favorite NPC character? Why do you like them, and what game are they from? So you can send in those responses. On the best way is Twitter, as you can see, that's where most of the people responded. Uh, we'll post the question just respond on there and then we'll read out your answers. It's really a great way for you guys to contribute back to the show and then we can kind of interact with you guys. So yeah, that's this this week's question and that concludes this week's episode for Games Are Fun. So Adam, where can people keep up with you?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AdamPalooza85. How about you, Gert?
0: I'm on Twitter at LPPanther. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Allen Arm. Follow the show at Games Are Fun Pod. Search for Games Are Fun on Facebook. And yeah, that's another episode of Games Are Fun. So I hope everyone has a great week playing lots of games. I'm eager to just get back into Apex. And uh, yeah, we will talk to you all next week. See you later.